Good morning. Good morning and uh, welcome to uh, New Horizon United Methodist Church here in uh, the southwest area of Broward County in, uh, in South Florida. It's a great day for us to be together and to worship and to lift up our praise to God. It is a, a beautiful day in South Florida and we come together to worship, but we also come together knowing that today, right now as we're sharing in this worship, there are those who are in the path of Hurricane Ida, and so our prayers are with them, and uh, we will share probably more about that today and in the days ahead of how we help those and support those who are in that. But uh, let's uh, bring our praise to God and bring our praise to God with prayer and praise and song and joy and, uh, and give the glory and the honor to God. Let's, uh, let's come together in song. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Lord, we thank you, God, for a brand new day. We thank you for this opportunity that we can come together, Lord, and lift up praise to you. God, you deserve every glory. You deserve everything, God, because you are our God, and we're thankful that you're in our life. Bless us now as we sing praise to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
You may be seated. I'm Pastor Lisa. I want to welcome you this morning as we bow our heads and pray. With gratitude, we come to you this morning in prayer and praise, gracious God. We thank you for the gift of life and for all of our daily blessings, like the music of birds, the joy of seeing a smile on a loved one's face, the warmth of the sun on our backs and the laughter of a child. For these gifts, which we so often take for granted, we offer you our praise. Especially do we thank you for your presence when we come to you in the dark nights of our souls, when our companion is not faith but fear, not certainty but doubt, when we are besieged with anxious questions. Oh God, help us to be still. Remind us of all that we have which assures us of your love for us. In the midst of our darkness, let us be reminded that you enter into our pain and that our prayers of fear and doubt are actually prayers of our deepest faith because they assume your presence even if we don't feel it. We tend to be so discouraged when something doesn't go our way, we hold on to resentments which prevent us from moving forward in love. We linger over words we've spoken in haste and soon our hearts are full of resentment instead of gratitude and despair instead of joy. We sometimes feel as if we have nothing, when in fact, we have everything. Help us to remember with gratitude that we already know the end of the story, your story, and you will never leave or forsake us. You alone are worthy of our thanks and praise. Remind us of all that we have as we pray the way your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us just sing this wonderful song talks about the faithfulness and the greatness of God.
may be seated. Um, there are people here worshiping on site. There are people that are worshiping and engaging with us online, and we welcome everybody. I'm, uh, I'm Pastor Rafe, and I'm one of the pastors uh, here at the church, and, and I love preaching and doing this, uh, this pastoral role. But um, I also have a, uh, another role that I've uh, been playing for four or five years now, and, um, and that is being on the board of trustees for the Florida United Methodist Children's Home. Uh, my wife loves to keep reminding me that this is volunteer work for when I start spending so much time uh, with the children's home and then uh, taking care of details and, uh, and stuff like that um, that comes with being the, the chairperson now presently of the Board of Trustees. Our Florida United Methodist Children's Home has been around since 1908, and it has evolved and done so many ministries in the state of Florida for over a century now. Um, and uh, presently, we, uh, we have this unbelievable ministry that uh, spreads across the state, offers all kinds of different uh, love and support and care for families, for children, for young people. We have residential care. We have therapeutic care. Right here in South Florida, we're doing foster care uh, and also an emergency shelter care up in uh, Palm Beach County. Um, so our work is all over the place and everywhere, but it's always about children, and it's always about caring for children and, um, and helping them uh, grow and raise. And in today's culture, guess what? You know, children aren't only young people. Some of them are young adults, too, and we do that also. We have an independent living uh, program that helps young people learn to do that, to live independently when they get beyond the age of foster care, when they get beyond the age of, uh, of adolescent care and support services, we offer a place where they can uh, learn and grow and go to school and learn trades and get out into the, into the world and be able to handle their own finances and details and stuff like that. So the children's home, uh, you know, just our expansive ministry is greatly diverse and touches many kinds of needs. Every fifth Sunday, and today what? Fifth Sunday of August, every fifth Sunday, there's a special offering across the state for our Florida United Methodist Children's Home, and that's why we lift up the, uh, the mission today. So I invite you to, uh, to share and give in that. If you give through the church, you just uh, market Children's Home, and we'll be sure that it, uh, that it goes there and it's uh, supporting that work. Um, every year we have a golf tournament uh, here to raise money for the uh, South Florida work and foster care. And so um, watch, the, you know, that will be coming up uh, in the fall and as we plan and then in the spring as the event happens. Um, as I share in this mission moment, um, we, uh, we need to continue to remember our, our mission, Compassion Outreach, um, and that's our compassion for those who are hurting at this time. Um, we continue to receive funds for um, the work in Haiti in recovering from the, uh, the earthquake. And I guarantee you that the United Methodist Church, through our United Methodist Committee on Relief, is already beginning the, uh, the staging work for responding to uh, uh, what will happen with Hurricane Ida. As we uh, meet and as we share and worship right now, uh, Hurricane Ida is beginning to, to come ashore in uh, Louisiana and Mississippi area, and we know that's going to be uh, devastating particularly those of us who've lived and grown up in South Florida, we've, we've seen it happen. And so we want to remember them. Know also that your gifts given through the church, labeled UMCOR, United Methodist Committee on Relief, 
UMCOR will go to uh, respond to those disasters. If you want to market specifically for one, uh, you just put Haiti or Ida, and we'll be sure that it goes to the right place. The blessing of being part of the Methodist Church is that 100% of the gifts given go directly to that recovery work that we're, we are and will be in, involved in. So I, uh, I share that with you uh, at this time because I know that uh, that's what's on a lot of our hearts and minds. And so I want us to take just a moment to uh, pause and uh, pray for our brothers and sisters, particularly in the area of Louisiana where Ida is coming. Lord, as we worship today, we worship in a sunny place. And uh, the joy and celebration of getting to sing you songs. For some of us, we gather here and we can move around. For many of us, we are engaging in worship um, uh, online and through technology because our lives are, are, are active and moving and we can do that, Lord. But we recognize that there are many today in Louisiana and, and Mississippi areas who are already have been displaced and many more who will be displaced and will go without resources and electricity and, and Internet services. And Lord, we, we pray your spirit blow in with a stronger wind than the hurricane. We pray that your spirit blow in and bring love and compassion to those who are hurting. But Lord, in this moment now, we know there are many who are in fear and trembling. Lord, comfort them. Grant them an assurance of your presence that they may truly know you in these moments, in these very scary moments. Lord, be with those. Be with those who are facing quick decision-making in the midst of a, of a tragedy and a disaster. Lord, let there be hope and comfort and care. Bring peace to hearts that are worried and anxious. Lord, we give you this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There's a, another prayer um, activity that I want to call you to for the month of September. September starts in just a couple of days. And I will invite you to uh, pray for New Horizon, pray for your church. We're entering our 40th anniversary month, and uh, there's a lot of things that are, that are happening in, uh, as we prepare for that 40th anniversary. But here's the thing, you know, we, we're planning this 40th anniversary. At the end of September, we're going to have this great worship service, and we're going to dedicate the new building, and we're going to remember our 40th anniversary. But what I want you to pray for is for what's next. What's God leading New Horizon to next? Be in, be in prayer for that. Because we are always the church that is on the move and going places. And here's the thing that I, that I love is that for our 40th anniversary celebration, you know what we're doing? We're having a food drive for our Nourishing Lives ministry. We're having a blood drive the weekend of the anniversary. And we're focusing a mission day to share about all the mission work that we do because that's who we are. That's what we're about. We are a mission-focused church. And I think we're, as a mission-focused church, you know, we're kind of reflective of what the, uh, the writer of the little letter of James wants to, uh, to teach us. The scripture today is from James chapter 1, and James is a short little letter in the uh, New Testament, but it encourages us 
about this heart of the mission, this heart of the work, this heart of doing your faith and exemplifying your faith, which I believe is truly at the core of what New Horizons is and does. So I want you to be praying for New Horizon and the next thing that's on the, hori- on the horizon for New Horizon as we come into our 40th anniversary. And let me also share with you these words from, uh, from the epistle of James. Every good gift, every perfect gift comes from above. These gifts come down from the Father, the creator of the heavenly lights, in whose character there is no change at all. He chose to give us birth by his true word. And here is the result. We are like the the first crop from the harvest of everything he created. Know this, my dear brothers and sisters. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to grow angry. This is because an angry person doesn't produce God's righteousness. Therefore, with humility, set aside all moral filth and the growth of wickedness, and welcome the Word, the Word planted deep inside of you, the very Word that is able to save you. You must be doers of the Word, and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Those who hear but don't do the Word are like those who who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, they walk away, and immediately forget what they are like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put into practice, but they put it into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their, their devotion is worthless. True devotion. The kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father is this. To care for the orphans and widows in their difficulties and to keep the world from contaminating us. Amen and amen. O oh Lord, Help us keep the focus on who we are and whose we are and what that means we are to do with our lives. Amen and amen. Well, Hurricane Ida is bearing down on Louisiana. And it's a pretty devastating storm. And... uh, for many of us here in South Florida, we know exactly what they're facing, you know, because we've been through the routine. We've, we've buttoned up our houses, and uh, we've known what the, what the storms can do. Many of us were part of and remember Hurricane Andrew some, what, 27, 28 years ago that also hit Louisiana um, after it came through and, and barreled through here. And so every time a hurricane comes around, I kind of have this little bit of of sadness with like, you know, I guess maybe it's a little bit of PTSD because it was so traumatic for me, so formative for me actually in my life to go through Hurricane Andrew. 
And so I begin to think of those, you know, that I went through Hurricane Andrew with. And see, I had pastored in, in Homestead before Hurricane Andrew. And so after Hurricane Andrew, I was doing a lot of work with people that were very dear to me and very close to me down in Homestead. And I have to say that Homestead is a place, the people there, boy, they really taught me something. They really uh, taught me a lot when I was there. And uh, I remember talking with farmers over and over again. And farmers are great for giving you lessons because, you know, they know the rhythms of the, of the crops and the rhythms of the world and the rhythms of life. And I remember one time in Homestead uh, uh, talking with a farmer. who was actually at his packing house. And um, we were watching them you know, pack up the potatoes and put them in bags and stuff. And I noticed the brand of the bags, and I said, this is your brand? He says, yeah, we have like two or three brands. And he showed me the different brands and the different things. And I said, I can't find your potatoes in the grocery store. As much as I look, I never see these potatoes in the grocery store. Why aren't your potatoes in the grocery store? And he says, oh, that's because here in South Florida and even in the United States, nobody's willing to pay the price of our potatoes. And I said, what? He says, yeah, all these potatoes are being shipped to Canada. You know, they're all going to Canada. And he said, think about it. It's February. What are they growing in Canada in February? You know, absolutely nothing. He says, he says these potatoes, the first ones to come out of the ground, the first crops are, are extremely valuable. And in Canada, they will pay an unbelievable price for the potatoes. And so they'll, they'll, go off to, they'll go off to Canada. It says the first and the best, they go off because they're the most expensive ones. They're the most valuable ones. And I said, but I do see potatoes all over the place here, like on the side of the road and stuff. You know, and you can get a big old bag for just a couple of bucks. And some He goes, oh, those are the dogs. And I said, the dogs? He says, yeah, we call them dog potatoes. They're potatoes that maybe grow a little too close to the surface. And, you know, they're not underground completely, and they'll get a little sunburn on them. When you see a potato with a little green on it or something, that's a sunburn. And uh, maybe they're potatoes that uh, came with the second digging of the crop, and, you know, those that, that fell off, you know, in the first digging. And so they, they're, or they got an odd shape, or they grew on the edges of the fields, and so they're part of the gleanings and stuff like that. He says, yeah, they take all those other potatoes, you know, those you know, not even the second digging. They're like third and fourth. Those are dogs, and they put them in bags. They sell them on the side of the road. You can get big bags of those for just a couple of bucks. But he says, the first ones that come out of the ground are expensive. We ship them around the world because those are the absolute best. You are the first crop. Did you hear that in the scripture? You are the first crop. You are the very best. You are God's A-team. The very best of God. God has implanted the word in you, birthed you out of the word, birthed you for something great and something purposeful. You are the A-team, the very best of God. You, you are the extra, extra, extra virgin olive oil. You know? The olive oil that's made out of the very first olives that that come out of that, that first season, the best and the plumpest, and then the first pressing of those olives and that very sought-after, desired, best of the best, the, the extra, extra virgin olive oil, that's what you are. That's what you are to God. You are God's A-team. When you look in the mirror, is that what you see? Is that what you see, the, the, the very first crop of what God is doing and what God is, uh, is blessing? 
God has birthed you and gifted you to be the very, very best. The word is deeply planted within you. We are God's best. And what the epistle writer is encouraging us to do is to live into that very best. To live into it. To, to live into it. Not just hear about it. Not just study it. But to live into it and, and to be the very best of what we can be and what we can do. To, to put down our anger and have this humble attitude of coming before God and before others. To listen to others, to pay attention to others, to have that, that deep listening with compassion and empathy to bring others uh, that care that God offers. And to live out our faith, to be doers, not just hearers of the word, to live out our faith, to be active and to, to not be passive. James is going to come back to this over and over again throughout his letter. If you read James, you're going to hear over and over again, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. You've got to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. In fact, there's this, there's this uh, uh, Japanese legend, this Japanese legend that goes like this, that a man died, and after he died, he went to heaven, and he was led around by this heavenly guide. This heavenly guide was going to take him around. And it was a beautiful place. The gardens were beautiful with green and flowers and everything anywhere. And there were these great mansions that were glittering and beautiful. And the heavenly guide was taking him through a mansion. And in this one mansion, they came to a room. And the room was just lined with shelves. Just shelves everywhere. And then piled and piled on these shelves, filled these shelves, were human ears. Yeah, you know where there's piles and piles of human ears, and the heavenly guide explained that these ears belonged to the people on earth who listened each week to the word of God and listened in worship, but their worship never led them to any activity. They never acted on God's teaching. And so the worship never resulted in action. And so as a result, when they died, the ears made it to heaven. The ears ended up in heaven. The word is planted deep within us. You practice it. You do it. I never realized that I was sharing this lesson with my little league baseball team till my youngest son kicked it back at me. We were doing something. We were talking about something with his work and what he was doing, and, and I was sharing something about, oh, you can do this, and it'll make it easier, and this will make it simpler. And he turned to me and said, Dad, you always told me when we were playing baseball, you play like you practice. And I said, well, yeah, I did. And he says, well, so every day I'm doing this. He was talking about a more professional attitude in the work that he does. Every day I do this so that I play that way. I never thought I was talking to little leaguers about life lessons. You know, I was just trying to get them to not goof off so much. You know? But you, you play like you practice. You're the first crop. You're the first team. You're, you're the A team. God has chosen and gifted and birthed us for that. That's what we're, go that's what we're to be about. And, and we're going to play like we practice. Are we practicing our, that faith? Are we putting it out there? Chuck Colson 
a Christian writer, a radio uh, personality who talks about faith all the time, tells about his time in the Marines, and this is way back 70 years ago in the, in the 1950s. And he says that, he tells the story, he says they were, they were going to get a break and go on a leave, and uh, they were in Japan, and they were going to go ashore in Japan, and they were, they were stopped and given this lecture, uh, this lecture by their, their commander. And he says, you're about to go into a place with a very different culture, and it will be strange, and it will be different to you. And your practices and how you act is very different and strange to them. They're going to be watching you to try to understand your culture and, and your practice. They're going to be watching you. And everything they know about your homeland, everything they know about the United States, well, the only thing they'll know is what they see in you. Is what they see in you. For many people, the only thing they'll know about Christianity and about following Christ is what they see in you. When we look in the mirror, do we remember who we are? Gifted and graced and empowered by God's Spirit to be God's A-team? To be the very best, to be the, the first of the crop? Or do we forget about that as soon as we walk away from it? As soon as we go somewhere else? You practice it. So what does this practice look like? True devotion, true following Christ and following after the way of Christ. James says this is what it is. It's about taking care of the most vulnerable. Who are the most vulnerable? For them, he listed you know, orphans and, and widows. Florida United Methodist Children's Home. 1908, born as an orphanage. It took care of children through the Depression that were abandoned. It became an adoption agency at times took care of orphans, became a trade center for young people to, uh, to learn trades and to, to go out and to, to work in the world. Recently, we're working with schools and, uh, and counties and different systems for outpatient child and, and young person therapies, helping them find their ways to, to learn and, and, and grow better, taking care of the most vulnerable in our community. What a great thing that new horizons, what the community sees about us, and we have our 40th anniversary, we're collecting food, and we're having blood drives. We're focusing in on the, the mission work that we do both here and overseas. And what will we be doing for the next month? Still supporting and praying for and caring for the recovery work in Haiti after the earthquake, and certainly helping and supporting the work that will happen in the recovery after Hurricane Ida today. We are the first crop. And the devotion we show is caring for the most vulnerable, the most broken in our community and in our society. There's a legend of a Christian believer, a follower of Christ, who got lost at sea in a disaster. And he was lost at sea and, and half dead from starvation and, and dehydration and, and just about unconscious. He comes to this small, uh, very out-of-the-way uh, island 
And he comes to this place, and um, it's very remote. And there are these native villagers there that care for him and nurture him and, and bring him back to health. And it's so remote, and he really doesn't know where he is, so he begins to uh, make his life there among them. And he lives there for 20 years. But he's making his life there among them, and he's a follower of Christ. He's a Christian, and, uh, but he doesn't start like singing Christian songs, you know, every day in hymns. And he doesn't quote Bible and give them pietistic messages and how they should live their life and, and that sort of thing. But he does begin to um, visit with the sick people and take care of the sick and offer them the help and comfort that they might need. When people are hungry, he gave them out of his own food. And when people were lonely, he kept them company and, uh, and was with them. He took time to teach the children and to spend time with them and to help the children learn. And he took care of the sick and uh, took care of the different conditions that would come their way. And finally, after about 20 years, it was such a remote place that missionaries finally got there. Missionaries came to this place, and these missionaries began talking about Jesus the Christ and who he was. And the locals there, the, uh, the, the natives in this out-of-the-way place, said, oh, we know exactly who he is. He's been living with us for 20 years. Come and meet him. The only Jesus that some people will know is, is you and me. What people will know of Christianity in our community is what they see in, in New Horizon and what we are about and what we are doing. So when you look in the mirror, do you see the very best that God has provided? Because that's what God's doing. You are the first crop. You are the A-team. You and me are what God is doing. And so how do we live into that? Well, we practice it. Because, you know, you play like you practice. And you practice, and you practice, and you practice, and you practice, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it, and you do it. Because you are the first crop. You and I are where God has chosen to implant the word. And for that word to become tangible, fleshy and seen and recognized in the world. Amen. Amen. Most gracious God, we often pray that we would grow into what it is, it is to be the body of Christ. The Lord we might need some help from time to time in the, the practicing of what it is to live into your kingdom work. So Lord, continue to put opportunities in front of us. Continue to put compassion in our heart. Continue to uh, encourage us with the good news that we are the very best of your creation. Lord, let your implanted word in our hearts and our lives grow to fruition 
in how we practice and live out the faith that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You are the first crop. I encourage you to respond to the word like a first crop, to give like the first crop, to pray like the first crop, to sing like the first crop, right? Because these are how we respond to God and how we, uh, we give ourselves to God. So let's stand and sing and give ourselves back to God to respond to God's word that's been implanted in our hearts and our lives.
go go giving your absolute very best through the giving in the if you're here on campus there's boxes and places to do that uh, if you're engaging online you can do that online um, and do your giving give your very best go now and and practice 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 like you're already on the a team for god's kingdom go now with the blessing and the assurance that god has planted the holy word within you let it grow into fruition as the first crop amen amen